Hello. And welcome. <laughs> you have to leave all that in. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show that might just purchase the home at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York. You just never know. I would certainly live in the Amityville house. Yes. Yes, indeed. Binks also agrees. I mean, first of all, it's fucking huge. It is huge. Who cares about the demonic shit happening there? I'll just, you know, give him a sandwich. Yeah. They're probably just hungry. You know how people get when they're hungry. Yeah, that's why we eat before we record. Yeah. Or we try to, at least. (laughs) Self-included. We are recording in my kitchen today. Uh, Here's Binks trying to get our straws out of our tea bell cups. Rubbing on the mic. You are way too large to be up here, bro. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Get a good rubbing. Is he taking it? Oh. He was trying. Banks! I want that, bud. Get down, my brother. Come on. He's... Hey, he's yo. Digging his heels in. Yeah. Do cats have heels? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I don't think so. Wait, do they? Do dogs have heels? I can't spell. Okay, well, cars don't. <laughs> Let me see if cats do. <laughs> this is important, people. You know what? This is a pretty, like, Halloween situation going on here. We've got a black cat just roaming around our setup. It just says cats. He That went straight into his mouth. I hope you know that. Well... <laughs> You know, I already straight up licked inside my mouth the other day, so. Well, all right, Binks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Come here, you big <laughs> fuck. He really tried to ground himself. Sorry, dude. I love you. Oh, that's funny shit. <laughs> okay. Um, please check out our TikTok and Instagram. And you can also send us an email at what if I told you podcast at gmail.com. We will certainly respond. Um, our ride or die Gerard emails us weekly, basically. He does. And at this point, I'm not sure what we would do without him. Yeah. He is giving us our much needed culture. He's letting us know about Ireland. Right. Things that are going on over there. His vacations. He sent us a photo of some old castle, which is cool. Yeah, the fucking castle that they did the Hellfire Club rituals at or some shit. Yeah. Which I'm sure is where Stranger Things gathered their inspiration. Or maybe not. I don't fucking know. It just seems like it's the same thing. Seems, yeah. Seems similar. Um, we've been trying to do a spooky nook instead of a food nook, but we did just have Taco Bell. We did. So there's that. 
I have not done anything spooky since the last episode, so. Well, Dakota and I watched the first Hellraiser last night. Yeah. Um, because Dakota, so they made a new Hellraiser, first of all. And I think someone or a podcast that Dakota listens to on a regular basis was talking about the new Hellraiser. And so he was like, I really want to watch it, but I've never seen any of the original ones. So right. I feel weird. So we decided to go ahead and watch the original Hellraiser. Um, it was kind of terrible. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, am I glad I watched it? Yes. Was Pinhead creepy? Yes. Mm-hmm. The other Cenobites are much creepier than Pinhead, though. You know what I mean? Here he comes. Back for more. So, there's, like, one Cenobite that has, like, pins through, like, you know how people get the dimple piercings? Yeah. This Cenobite originated that fad. Because they were giving very dimple piercings with their bondage outfit. Ew. So, like, they came out of the dimple area, curved down. Also, all of the Cenobites had, like, it looked like half-done surgical procedures. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, this one, I don't know which one what its name is or anything but it looked like they'd had their throat cut open like their trachea and it was open and held open by some shit no no and then there's the chatterer the one where it has like the mouth pulled back and its teeth just constantly like chatter no no to all of this those two were the scariest ones so After, no, I simply can't with the held open throat hole. (laughs) It was. (laughs) I'll have to pull up a picture so you can see the Cenobites. Oh, I would love it. Of course. Especially after that beefy five layer or whatever the fuck I just had. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and pull it up. Um, they're not, it's not like gruesome though, in a weird way. Oh. So. Binks, you aren't getting my straw. Why? Why are you not typing? You little fucker. Also, fun fact, the new Hellraiser, uh, Pinhead, is played by a woman. So, ooh. Ooh. Thank you. Images. So, I'm glad I watched it. I feel like Pinhead is... You know, doesn't get as much love as maybe he should. Or, I don't know, is Pinhead, like, genderless? Uh, I'm not really sure. I've never seen any of the Hellraisers. And I don't really think that Pinhead is that popular of, like, a... No. Okay, so here we have Pinhead. And see, see, we've got the throat thing happening. Oh. See, it's not gruesome. No. It's just meant to be scary. It's like if I were to dress 
as that on Halloween, that's what my final product would look like. <clears throat> there went the phone. He's trying so hard to get that straw. Yo, I'm not done with my Baja Blast. There's also, oh, here, here's one. See, we've got Chatterbox here with the teeth. Mm. So Chatterbox is pretty scary. But I feel like you could, you could be one of the Cenobites for Halloween and it would be very cool. You could just like buy some leather or uh, latex outfit. I don't think anyone wants to see me in a latex outfit. That is not true. Someone absolutely wants to see you in a latex outfit. <laughs> no. <laughs> latex is for everyone. <laughs> it is all inclusive. <laughs> okay, so that's Spooky Nook. Yeah. Glad I watched Hellraiser. Felt like, you know, necessary. Well, at some point it has to be. I'll get there eventually, I guess. Yeah. We, we decided to forego all of the sequels. But we did watch all the trailers, and let me tell you, mm. it just went downhill. The first one, probably the best one. <laughs> but the new one might be cool. That's pretty much how all movie series go. They're all downhill from the first one. I think the exception being Halloween, because Halloween and Halloween 2 and Halloween 3 are all excellent. Halloween 4, also excellent. Also Friday the 13th. I think all of those are excellent as well. Freddy Meets Jason, though? No. I saw that such a long time ago. Me too. Quit. Um, we do have a Chips Corn. <laughs> Wait, it's Chips Basement. I don't know why I keep still referring to it. That sentence was poorly put together. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it was Chips Corner for, I mean, never. most of the last two years. So, Chip's Basement, in our episode on Lander's Theater, we asked, what the fuck is an asbestos curtain? Oh, yeah. Well, Chip has told us that an asbestos curtain is a curtain made of fireproof material that can be lowered to separate the auditorium and stage in a theater to prevent the spread of a fire, which makes complete fucking sense, I guess. Right. Now, I did, you know, from the context clues of that part of Lander's Theater... I did obviously surmise that the asbestos curtain is used to smother fires. The true question is, does it actually contain, contain asbestos? Are, are those people now going to be calling that 1-800 number from the mesothelioma commercials? Right. Does that play anymore? Can people access that commercial anymore if we don't have cable? Oh, shit. Who would we call if we don't have the number? You know what, you guys? We'll have to find the information for the mesothelioma commercial so that we can get this to people because clearly there's a need there's a need if you or a loved one is suffering from mesothelioma <laughs> please send us an email at what if i told you podcast at gmail.com <laughs> we will then send you the one 800 number you can call <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't worry about the fact that you can also just google it yeah all right, um, since we're going to be recording three episodes tonight, I guess we might as well start on this one. <laughs> yeah! As, <clears throat> as our editor Binks is waiting for one of us to give, us a, give him a fucking straw, he's pissed. He's, like, actually pouting right now. He knows. 
that I'm just teasing him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna fuck some shit up later. <laughs> Almost, dude. Alright, so... Today... Obviously, we're talking about real estate. Yep. I hope y'all are excited. Ooh, ooh. But also the Amityville Horror House. Right. So. As you could tell from the tight. And from the fact that the address in our intro is Amityville, New York. Yes. Maybe people... You know what? People might not catch on to shit like that. They probably don't even listen. That's that's true. To that shit. That's true. They probably don't listen to anything we say. <laughs> We're the white noise for them. We are. <laughs> at your service. Um, but also, are people still talking about Amityville at all? Because, like, the movies are old. Even the most recent one. Old. I really wanted to watch the most... I've seen it, but I wanted to rewatch the most recent one before we did this. But I didn't. I actually was planning on watching the original and then also watching the Ryan Reynolds one from 2005. One of my spawn are in the room. But uh, I just didn't have time. So, and Dakota really wanted to watch Pinhead, so. Dakota. Yeah, I could have watched it earlier today because I did watch a movie, but I wasn't really in like the excuse me that was so wild sounding first of all hurt my chest cavity so bad (laughs) that hurt my chest cavity (laughs) oh Uh, god yeah this morning I was not necessarily down for a horror film so yeah Sunday mornings (laughs) (laughs) sometimes not the vibe it was not the vibe this morning I was Jameson come here Jameson I need to talk to you we are recording so what I need you to do is not be loud Go hang out in your room, buddy. I love you. Alrighty. Hmm. Um. You can tote start. Okay, so we're gonna begin with the Lutz family. So George and Kathy Lutz purchased the home at One Twelve Ocean Avenue. In December of 1975, they believed the purchase was a steal because they only paid $80,000 for a house that was 4,000 square foot. Red flag. Whoa. That, me, you need to be asking questions. Absolutely. That's like, do you really want to? Because if they're like, you know what, here are the things that have happened here, I'm still going to buy it, probably. Yeah. Um, My first thought, if I saw a house on the market that was that large, and it was 
$80,000 or whatever the equivalent of this would be modern day. Right. I would be like, okay, well, everything in this house is rotten. Right. Termites have ruined the structural integrity of this house 100%. Yeah. Every room there has been a murder. I really don't think it would bother me if someone was, if I was buying a house that someone had been murdered in at some point. You know? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's better to just not know. Yeah. I can go without that information. Right. My only thing is, in this scenario, I would think that there's something wrong with the house. Not that it had been the site of a fucking quadruple murder or whatever. Right. You know? That would not be my first thought. So. But they were uh, clearly. Look at him. Yeah. He's got it. He, he waited patiently. And now he is, has earned his reward. You better play with that on the carpet, bro. No, he's not. He does, he simply will not. This is your penance for making him wait. They purchased the house. They're pumped. Because they got this house for next to nothing. They move in. They're probably jazzed as fuck. This house is huge. It even has a boathouse. It's like waterfront property. Fucking wild. So not only is it gigantic, it's on the water. Yeah. And has its own boathouse. That's fucking insane. It's everything you would want in a house in the 70s. Exactly. So obviously, they're really excited. So it's George and Kathy and Kathy's two kids. Wait, two kids. Fuck, I don't know. I think it's two. Um... Kathy's kids were from another... Her first marriage, George, adopts them. Right. So their last name is also Lutz, but he's not actually their father. So, they move in, and almost instantly, shit gets weird. Oof. So, they actually only live in the house for 28 days. I'd be so pissed. 28 days. I mean, for people who think that this is, like, a hoax and not true, I have to, I have to ask those people, what do you think would prompt people to have spent $80,000, which is still a fuck ton of money, right? and then leave after less than one month? Yeah. If it wasn't legitimately, to them at least, if yeah. it wasn't legit. Yeah. Two seemingly normal people. I mean, their names were George and Kathy, for God's sakes. Yeah, come on. So, they live in the house for 28 days. And in those 28 days, a lot of weird shit happens. So, George claims that every single night... He would wake up at exactly 3.15 a.m., which, incidentally, is the time that the murders happened just a few years prior. Yeah. So, that's weird. Although, I do go through phases where I will wake up at basically the exact same time every night and, like, have to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah, same. So, 
But it is weird that that's the time that the murders happened. <clears throat> yeah, at that point I'd be like, nah. <laughs> We're, we out. I don't know. I'm, I might not be that deterred. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well. But it doesn't really specify if he goes back to sleep after that. If he just wakes up, looks at the clock, sees 3.15 and just rolls over and goes back to sleep. Yeah. Or if he's just up. Listen, if you're waking up at 3.15 a.m. and you don't, like, if, I mean, if you had an alarm that went off at, like, 4, I'd be like, yeah, I might as well just stay awake. Sure. But if you're someone that doesn't have to get up until, like, 5.30 or 6, and you wake up at 3.15 and you're like, fuck it, I might as well stay up, there no. is something clinically wrong with you. Absolutely. Listen, I don't have to get up until 6.45. If I wake up at 6.20, I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Other than, obviously, George waking up, that's pretty innocuous. But they also allege that green slime would ooze from the walls. Now, this would make me leave immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, they would see eyes peering into the house through the windows. That is an instant... Instant fucking pack the bags <laughs> and move. I am sorry. They allege that there were foul odors that lingered in the house randomly. Ghosts. Come on. What, we what all is, know this. What's the foul odor from, though? Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Are they, like, wafting the smell of decomposition through the house? I feel like in this situation it was probably, like, sulfury smells. Yeah, I was, I was thinking sulfuric. Which is, you know... Some Satan. other side shit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we do associate sulfur with Satan, so. We do. <laughs> I mean, fucking turn on Supernatural once in a while, people. I know. If you smell sulfur. Run. Run away. Get out your cross. It's either a fucking gas leak or there's ghosts about. <laughs> <laughs> either way, you probably don't want to linger. Exactly. <laughs> Um, there was also an incident where it is reported that Kathy levitated in her bed. Just fucking whoop, levitated out of her bed. At this point, this this couple is almost avoiding red flags like a girl who likes a guy avoid, avoids red flags. Like, exactly. you know, there's some shit happening that probably shouldn't be, but, you know, overall, <laughs> I think everything's fine. <laughs> Upon the preponderance of the evidence. <laughs> I feel like I have to sneeze and cough at the same time. My eyes are watering so bad all of a sudden. It's Satan. I still feel like I have to sneeze. Is this what, is this what death feels like? <laughs> That's a real downer. That's like a real disappointment. Okay, I think I'm good. So, needless to say, after all of these occurrences in those 28 days, the Lutzes were like, you know what? Nah. Yeah, finally. I think I'm going to leave now. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Now we're going to talk about some of the specific paranormal shit that occurred in those 28 days. Indeed. Just so we're all clear... 
the scene with the flies that Maddie was talking about in one of her in one of our recent episodes is from the original Amityville horror movie that came out in the eighties. Yes. So Chip, please check on that house. Call the cops immediately. Yeah, um, because this is the proof. It's real shit. That there is a haunting in that house. Yeah. Um, according to interviews with the Lutz family, there was a room on the second floor of the house that was just filled with flies, even in the wintertime. However, they didn't swarm the priest, which is what happens in the movie. The priest in question did visit the house to bless it and experience some paranormal activity. In 1979, Father Pecorero appeared... And appearing in silhouette, described his experience while blessing the Amityville house during an interview for the TV series In Search Of. In the interview, he makes it clear that he did, in fact, enter the home and that he was slapped by an invisible force and told to get out by a disembodied voice. We listen to those voices. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you just run into some invisible barrier in a home and then you all of a sudden hear get out by a voice that you cannot place you should probably just get out get out yeah um there's a documentary called my amityville horror and it was released in march of 2013 it features interviews with daniel lutz who was one of the children who lived in the house during the period on which the book and films are based he echoes the original story as told by his mother and stepfather. He also makes additional claims that both he and George Lutz were possessed and that George demonstrated telekinetic abilities and strongly suggests that George's dabbling in the occult may have initiated the demonic events. All right, George mm. is already not giving us some info. George! We know that we're not supposed to do that. Okay. So now that we know about the goings-on while the Lutz family lived at the Amityville house, we're going to talk about maybe the root cause of those hauntings. Yeah. And that would be the murders. So first, we're going to start with the night of November 13th, 1974. So around 630... Um, Robert DeFeo, who was at the time 23 years old, went into Henry's Bar in Amityville, Long Island, New York, and declared, quote, you gotta help me. I think my mother and father are shot. End quote. Damn. Whoa. So naturally, Robert DeFeo collects a small group of people from this bar to go back to his house and check his family. Yeah. So they get to the Amityville house, which is located near the bar, and they find his parents dead inside the house. So one person who was in the group happened to be Robert DeFeo's friend, Joe Yeswit. Yeswit? Yeah. Yeshwit. Um, so Joe makes the emergency call to the Suffolk County Police Department. They arrive at the house and search it, 
and find that six members of the family were dead in their beds. Yikes. Whoa. So, those victims were... Okay, so I was saying Robert DeFeo. It's Ronald. Yeah, same thing. Ronald, Robert, whatever. So, (laughs) Ronald. The victims were Ronald's parents, Ronald Sr., who was 43, and Louise, who was also 43. So, those are his mother and father, and his four siblings. Don, who was 18, Allison, who was 13, Mark, who was 12, and John, who was 9. All of the victims had been shot with a 35 caliber lever action Marlin 336C rifle. God damn. All right. Um, and the crimes had occurred around 3 o'clock in the morning of that day. So let's remember that he goes into the bar at 6.30 p.m. So... All six members of his family have been dead since 3 a.m. that day. That's like, what, 15 hours later? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't 3 a.m. witching hour? Ooh, is it? I think it is. It's 3 a.m. Every hour is witching hour, you know what I'm saying? That's true. (laughs) A bill collector's calling me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, In folklore, the witching hour, or devil's hour, is a time of night that is associated with supernatural events where witches, demons, and ghosts are thought to appear and be at their most powerful. That time is between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Hey! Yeah. What's crazy is that at some point... Ronald DeFeo does claim that he was, like, hearing voices in the house. Yeah. And that that's the reason why he committed these crimes. Spoiler alert. Ronald (laughs) DeFeo kills his family. Ronnie did it. (laughs) Oh, Ronald, you rascal. Fucking Ronnie. So, it's always Ronnie. If there's a Ronnie in the group, they're raising hell. They're out here in these streets causing chaos. Ronnie, where are you at, bro? Okay. Where am, the real question is where am I at? Um The DeFeo family. Yeah. Here we, we already are. listed the Vicks. We got the Vicks. So obviously the DeFeo family lived at one twelve Ocean Avenue. They purchased the home in nineteen sixty five. So be, they've been there a hot minute. Yeah. Like a decade. <clears throat> so the six DeFeos who were murdered would be buried at um, St. Charles Cemetery in near, nearby Farmingdale. Uh, we will be having an episode there for our Travel Channel show, so stay tuned. Yeah. Listen, we're, we're throwing Travel Channel episode ideas every episode we record. Yeah, and I don't know why... No one from the Travel Channel production team is not listening to our podcast. Exactly. It's a great fucking idea, bro. I think we would be great on TV. I agree, first of all. Um, Second of all, here's what we need to start doing. Here comes Jameson. 
He was letting Binks in. Oh. Okay, love you. Um, we just need to start like email blasting. So we need to find like a travel channel email address and start like blasting off emails to them. Yeah, like to the point where they have to contact us to at least tell us to stop. Exactly. And once they reach out to us to be like, hey, we cannot keep fielding your emails. We'll be like, listen, here's how you get out of our emails. Give us a show. <laughs> yeah, it's really simple. It's super simple. Um, so anyway, the DeFeos are buried in St. Charles Cemetery in Farmingdale. Now, Ronald DeFeo, who is also known as Butch. I don't know where you get Butch from that. Maybe a middle name, but I'm not sure. He was the eldest child of the DeFeo family and, ironically, the lone survivor of the mass murder. Ironically. <laughs> if we hadn't already given away the ending. <laughs> um, he was taken to the local police station, obviously, for his, quote, own protection. This was after he suggested to the police at the scene that the killings had been carried out by a mob hitman, Louis Fellini. Likely story, bro. Likely. However, while being interviewed at the station, he soon exposed very serious inconsistencies in this version of events. So, it's not looking good for you, Ronnie. Nah. Get your shit straight before you start talking to the police. That's all I'm saying. The following day, he obviously confesses to killing his family. Right. I mean, he had no other way out. No. Uh, and Louis Fellini, the alleged hitman, obviously had an alibi proving that he was out of state at the time of the killings. Was he a hitman, though? I did not look into that. Or was he just a rando? And he was like, yo, who's Ronnie? Well, honestly, this is New York. In the 70s. So, so we're talking a hitman. We're talking five families. Very yeah. big at this time. Yeah. So maybe he was a hitman for one of the five families. Could have been. You know? Uh, wh- and, and the police asked him. He's like, nah, that wasn't. They weren't on my list. <laughs> Let me check real <laughs> quick. Nah. Um, <clears throat> so DeFeo actually tells detectives, quote, once I started, I couldn't stop. It went so fast. That's what. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so immature. <laughs> I almost said that's what he said. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dude, you kid. That's not how you describe killing your entire family. I'm sorry. Well, it went so fast. Is there any other way to describe it? <laughs> you, you don't. <laughs> that's that's the only answer. Um, he admitted that he had taken a bath and redressed and then told the police where he had discarded the crucial evidence, such as his bloodstained clothes, the rifle, the magazine cartridges or whatever else gun shit happens and then went to work as usual. Well, at least he didn't miss work. 
That's right. He's like, he's a hard worker. Yeah, he wasn't a no-call, no-show. I mean, he just killed his family. He certainly doesn't want to get fired also. Exactly. I mean, that's a shit day. Even though he just fired his whole family. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no. All right. <clears throat> You're fired now, actually. There's some sound that's going to be in this episode that just happened, but I really couldn't care less. Okay. All right. So the trial. His uh, trial began on October 14th, 1975. We should have released this earlier. It could have been trial day. Fuck. Fuck. He and his defense lawyer, William Weber, mounted an affirmative defense of insanity with DeFeo claiming that he killed his family in self-defense because he heard their voices plotting against him. This is where, where the hearing voices comes in. Yeah. Uh, The insanity plea was supported by the psychiatrist for the defense, Daniel Schwartz. The psychiatrist for the prosecution, Dr. Harold Zolin, maintained that although DeFeo was a user of heroin and LSD, he had antisocial personality disorder, don't we all, and was aware of his actions at the time of the crime. Yeah, so this is kind of what you have in any trial that is going to be... an affirmative defense. So he's claim he's not disputing that he in fact did it, but he's disputing that he was insane. So he did not he could not differentiate right from wrong during the time of the murders. Right. Is essentially what you're saying when you plead insanity. So it comes down to the psychi- psychiatrists. Yeah. You have the defense and the prosecution. I think juries do tend to lean toward believing the prosecution psychiatrist over the defense simply because I think they tend to put less weight in the defense's uh, experts because those experts are paid by the defense. Whereas the state doesn't have to pay their experts. Right. Which is kind of shit because... Even if the expert is being paid, they swear an oath, not only the I swear to tell the truth oath for court, in their profession, they could have their license pulled if they are, like, falsifying shit. Right. So even if they don't have, like, any stock in whichever way this goes anyways, so... You're just paying them for their time. You're not paying them really to like say what you want them to say because they're not going to they have to give their professional unbiased opinion but whatever (sighs) yeah i i don't know but the real question is was the house already haunted because i have seen um other like claims uh, involving Ronald DeFeo that he that he was obviously he was hearing voices inside the house <laughs> that were saying that his family was going to kill him so he killed his family and that's where your quote self defense comes in the trial's judge old Tommy Stark <laughs> Declared that DeFeo's crimes were, quote, the most heinous murders committed in Suffolk County since its founding. Well, of course they were. 
On November 21st, 1975, DeFeo was found guilty on six counts of second-degree murder. On December 4th of 1975, Judge Thomas Stark sentenced DeFeo to six sentences of 25 years to life. He was held at the Sullivan Correctional Facility in the town of Fallsburg, New York, and until his death, all of his appeals and requests to the parole board had been denied. He died at age 69 on March 12, 2021 at the Albany Medical Center. The official cause of death has not been released to the public. Well, then. Hmm. He's probably... Well, 69 is not that old. No? So... Whoa. That's a little weirdish. Not that, gonna lie. That is weird. So, there are a few controversies... <laughs> I love you. You're cute. You're my favorite Jameson. That was a really weird burp. I had one like that earlier and it really let me down. Especially it's after Taco Bell. Such a letdown. And like soda? Do you get soda? I did. That's a serumist. I actually have drink almost half of it, so... It is a party in here. Oh, wild! Maddie's getting fucked up. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> also, I bought... We were at World Market yesterday. <clears throat> I cannot be trusted there, first and foremost. I wanted everything. I've been Literally. there one time. It's the fucking best. So, I wanted to buy everything. Didn't. We did buy new plates. But I wanted to get a bottle of wine. And uh, I ended up drinking, like, a mouthful of wine. That's it? That's it. And you I was just like, weren't feeling it? I just wasn't. Yeah, I was like, mm. Okay, I guess we better yeah. get this app done. Well, there's going to be a lot of shit that you're oh, going <laughs> to yeah. take out. It's like so much shit. I know. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, okay, so our controversies. First and foremost, all six of the victims were found face down in their beds with no signs of a struggle. The police investigation concluded that the rifle had not been fitted with a sound suppressor and found no evidence of sedatives in any of the victims. Weird. So, even though Ronald DeFeo claimed during his interrogation that he had, in fact, drugged his family. So, <clears throat> the real question is, this is a rifle, right? So, it's loud as shit. Yep. And so, one would think that after he shot the first victim the other five would be awake and like you know yeah fleeing or trying to like intervene or get the gun from him or something but none of them were out of their beds and there was no evidence that he had like shot them out of bed and then put them in bed you know yeah so, and then no drugs in their system. <laughs> so, 
what the fuck was going on? I think what had to have happened was he had to go around. I mean, if he killed one person, they're all going to wake up, right? I think he killed them as he came into contact with them and had to put them in their beds face down. Yeah. There's no way they all were just sound asleep face down in their beds when they were killed. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a big house. Right. But you're still going to hear that shit. Yeah, you're going to hear that shit down the road. Yeah. Or he did, in fact, drug them, and it just was something that the ME didn't have a test for. Back then, probably. Yeah. So, you know, hey, Chip, were there drugs that they didn't have tests for back in the 70s? Yeah, you should know. That, uh, <laughs> you were there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that maybe would they wouldn't capture in an autopsy, or... Can you explain this to us, please? All right. My parents are in Vegas, sorry. Um... So there's that weirdness, or I get, we're overlooking one key element here: ghosts. Yeah, are are ghosts helping Ronald carry out these crimes and holding down the family members? Likely, or like covering their ears somehow, plugging their ears with their ghosty fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> there ha- that has to be the only explanation. Also, Ronald DeFeo did have a volatile relationship with his father. Why are you shocked? But the motive for killing the family... The fuck is going on? Everybody, stop. I turned off my phone ringer and then all of a sudden my computer's like, hey... We gotta get this through to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, even though Ronald DeFeo and his father did not have a good relationship, the mo- his motive is not really known. Obviously, he's talking about the voices. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> I just <laughs> muted it. I just, I've never thought of that before. <laughs> Me? Oh, I guess me either. Boop. But anyway, there's no clear motive here outside the hearing of voices. So he asked police, this is not what you should ask the police, he asked the police what he had to do in order to collect his father's life insurance. Big fucking yikes, bro. So, obviously, the prosecution then suggested at his trial that not only was he not insane, but he intentionally killed his family for the purposes of insurance money. Yeah, there you go. I mean, obviously. After the conviction, Ronald DeFeo would give several varying accounts of how the murders happened. In an an 1886... Fuck. 1986 interview with Newsday, DeFeo actually claimed that his sister Dawn killed their father, and then their distraught mother killed all of their siblings 
apparently with a rifle before he killed his mother. Hmm. 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 So, okay. He stated that he took the blame because he was afraid to say anything negative about his mother to her father, his grandfather, Michael Briganti Sr. And his father's uncle out of fear that they would kill him. His father's uncle was Peter DeFeo, a Capo regime in the Genovese crime family. Oh, one of the five families. Here they, here they are. Okay. What does this mean? Okay. So it's kind of like one of the hierarchies. So you have the boss, then you have the underboss, and then you have the Capo regime. Me? These are he's like the right hand man to the right hand man. Yeah, so he's like Yeah. He's under the underboss, but he's not like us like a lackey. Right. He has responsibles. He's yeah. probably a made man. Yeah. I have seen several seasons of of the Sopranos. I've See, the weird thing about The Sopranos is that shit happens. Ronald is claiming that he is afraid because he's got family in in the mob. Um, in this interview, he also claimed that he was married at the time of the murders to a woman named Geraldine Gates, with whom he was living in New Jersey. And that his mother had phoned him to ask him to return to Amityville to break up a fight between Don and their father. And subsequently, he drove to Amityville with Geraldine's brother, Richard Raimondo, who was with him at the time of the murders, and could verify his story completely. Hmm. Although, Richard Raimondo never actually did. Um, we will talk about the book and the film a little bit. So the 1979 film, um, it was based on the book by Jay Anderson. This book was called the Amityville horror. Shocker. It was published in September of 1977 and it is based on the 28 day period during December, 1975 and January of 1976 when George and Kathy Lutz and their three children. Aha. It was close. Uh-huh. Two, three, same thing. Yeah. Became the first family to live at 112 Ocean Avenue since the murders. The Lutz family left the house, claiming that they had been terrorized by paranormal phenomena while living there. The book's 1979 film adaption became the highest grossing independent film of all time and held that record until 1990. That's impressive. Yeah, it is. That's a long time. Yeah. It was followed by several sequels as well as many other films which share no connection other than the reference to Amityville. Nice. Um, in 2005, a remake of the original Amityville Horror was released with the tagline, Catch Him and Kill Him. Ooh, no. <laughs> Referring to the claimed link between the house on Ocean Avenue and John Ketchum, whose name has been linked to witchcraft in Salem, but remains a controversial and elusive figure. Salem, another stop on our <laughs> Travel Channel tour. One of the first. One, that should be, like... Area 51 first, Salem second. Listen, yes, we got to come out swinging. Yeah. 
the version exaggerates the isolation of 112 Ocean Avenue by depicting it as a remote house similar to the Overlook Hotel in Stephen King's novel, The Shining. Um, in reality, 112 Ocean Avenue is a suburban house within 50 feet of other houses in the neighborhood. The house used in the 2005 version was in the Silver Lake, was in Silver Lake, Wisconsin, while other location work was shot in nearby Antioch, Illinois. The child character Jody DeFeo appearing in the film is fictional and was not one of the victims of the shootings by Ronnie in 74. George Lutz described the 2005 remake as drivel (laughs) (laughs) and sued the makers for breach of contract, defamation, and libel? Libel. Libel. He objected particularly to the scene in the film where the male lead, named George Lutz and played by Ryan Reynolds, is is shown (laughs) killing the family dog with an axe. George never killed the family dog. There was an alleged incident where the dog attempted to leap the fence, but got, but the leash got caught, and George cut the leash to save the dog. The film also shows the George Lutz character building coffins for members of his own family. The defamation claim was dismissed by a Los Angeles court in November 2005, while other issues related to the lawsuit remained unresolved at the time of George's death. Poor George. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. It's kind of shitty. That, that's pretty shitty. Um, but at least he wanted to make it clear that he did not kill the family dog. That's true. I mean, I would really want to clear my name if that was being spread around. A hundred percent. You can't be known as the guy who kills the family dog. No. You know, that makes you a terrible pretty person. hated. Yeah. Um, so you're probably asking yourself, what's going on with the Amityville house now? Well, we're about to tell you. So the address was changed. It is now 108 Ocean Avenue. Hmm. So, uh, this was done by James and Barbara Cromarty. They purchased the house after the Lutz family left And they changed the address because a ton of paranormal enthusiasts were obviously flocking the home. Right. And they are just trying to chill. Yeah. They're like, hey, I actually live my life here. Could you leave? Chino? (laughs) His head literally just like popped up. Um, So it's now 108 Ocean Avenue. Yeah. So we're ruining it for you guys. Yeah. Sorry. Um. One owner after the Lutz family, um, I don't know if it's the Cromarties or if it was another family that owned it after the Cromarties, but someone actually changed the facade of the home. So when you see a picture of the Amityville house, it's very, it's very particular. You know that's the Amityville house. Yeah. Well... One of the subsequent owners actually reconstructed the facade so that it does not look like that anymore. They, like, changed the windows. Yeah. In an attempt, I guess, to make it look not look like the Amityville house so people would stop going there. Okay. Which, first of all, you bought the house... You knew what you were buying. Right. At this point. 
<clears throat> okay, the Cromarties changed the address. That might deter some people if they look it up and see 112 and they can't find a house at 112. Then right. maybe they give up. Who knows? But to actually, part of the draw of that house, the Dutch <laughs> Colonial, it's a unique house that has a very specific look. Mm-hmm. I feel like part of buying that house is for that reason. Yeah. You buy the house because it's unique, it's cool, it's got that charm. Well, yeah, and changing windows isn't going to change the house. It's still the fucking house. Right, because, you know, we know that you've changed the facade. Yeah. But it's not going to deter people from coming to the house. No. We know the new address. Everybody knows it. It's all over the internet. Mm-hmm. It's all over the internet that you reconstructed and changed where the lo- the windows are. People are still going to come there. Yep. Because they want to they wanna know if it's haunted. Yeah. Sorry, you guys, but stop it. You bought it. You bought it, so live with it. Yep. Literally. Literally. <laughs> um, so... The most recent thing, uh, the house was purchased by new owners in 2017 for $605,000. Shh. Um, yeah, and obviously we will be purchasing it from them. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what the cost. Mm-hmm. So we will be there the next time of recording. Yes, and... Um, I feel like we can deal with the cost because we now know um, how much we can get for our internal organs. Right. So I feel like we can get there. Yeah. Down I mean, payment wise. Yeah. A few months we'll have it. That's right. Yeah. We but, may be hurting, but. You know, <laughs> you can live with one lung. You can live with one kidney. Yeah. Whatever other thing in your body comes to do. <laughs> Legs, arms, ears, <laughs> eyes. Exactly. I don't need my appendix. People live without that every day. That's true. <laughs> we'll sell that shit on the black market. <laughs> um, but there's Amityville. We hope you all enjoyed. We certainly did. This episode is going to be a fucking blast to edit. I cannot wait. <laughs> okay. Well... That's that's it on Amityville. That is it. Um, check out the movies if you've never seen it. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ryan Reynolds has like a beard. Yeah, I mean he's hot. He's always hot. Um, and even when he starts to like go a little bit crazy, still hot. Still hot. Yeah. So I mean, it works for him. It does. And he's extra buff in that movie too. True. Hmm. Everyone loves Ryan Reynolds, even dudes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, if you need to sell your partner on watching the 2005 version of Amityville Horror, just say Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. That's all your partner needs to know. He will be down. Yeah, and so will she. So, um, with that in mind, let's give a huge warm welcome to Laura, who does our artwork. And Ariel, who does our music. Mm-hmm. Woo! And, um, you know, subscribe to the show. 
share the show, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rate the show five stars. And visit our socials. You know, we list them at the beginning, but we just want to remind you that they are there at the end as well. Follow us. Follow us. How could you not? That's right. Especially after I just sang to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to serenade you. Do you want a Great Dane? Always. There's being rehomed. There's only two. Why is he being rehomed? He's not allowed in the new apartment. Find another apartment. Anyways, um, we hope you all have a good day. I'm depressed now, so. Yeah. That's mood. Cool. Ugh. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, just be kind. And stay weird. Bye. Bye.